if it's my season to be blessed, I want all of the blessings I can get. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Kingdom Speak. Pastor McKillop, are you blessed today? I'm feeling it. I oh. am feeling it. It's my season. That's right. That's right. It's the season. Come on, you need the track. Cue it. Yeah. <laughs> Cue yeah, it. We need to get something going here. Yeah. So the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Yes. Today we have a special, we always say we have a special guest, but today is going to be, we're going to be blessed. We are so. We so are. Just before we get into the discussion, because we're going to go deep. I'm warning you, we're going to go deep. Kingdom Speak is about to bless one of you. Somebody. We're going to bless somebody. Yeah. So here's what's going on. If you haven't seen it on social media yet, we are announcing the official GOAT Bible giveaway contest. The greatest of all time. It's an Allen Bible. Come on, somebody. And we are going to give it to you. Is that pretty cool? That's pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. So here's what you need to do. We're going to get into this episode, but just before we get into the episode, you need to go find us on social media. Whoop, just about knocked over the mic. I'm so excited. <laughs> Maybe I can win the Bible. You can't win the Bible. No, you can't. <laughs> this is a nice Bible. Yeah, just so that all of our listeners know, he is not rigging this draw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's not called a blessing. That's called thieving. <laughs> we'll do another episode on yeah. that. <laughs> So you need to go find us on social media. All the details are there on how to win this beautiful Allen Bible, and it is goat skin, so it is a goat giveaway. Some poor goat had to die to make this Bible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so no more on that, but we love the support we're getting from all you Kingdom Speak listeners, and we wanted to say thank you. So what better way to do that than to give somebody a beautiful Bible? So that being said, let's talk about the blessings of the Lord. Absolutely. Why would we start with, uh, hey, let me see that Bible. Let me see it. Why would we start with that? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I heard I heard that if I had an Allen Bible, that I could preach like the guests that we have on today. <laughs> oh, Lord. So that is really why I got this Bible. <laughs> because when I grow up, I want to be like this guy is. We are excited uh, about our guest today, Pastor Caleb Adams from Christian Life Church of Memphis, all the way from Memphis. Man, he is jumping the COVID-19 border restrictions and joining us live in Canada. Welcome, my friend. How are you? It's good to be with you, Pastor McKillop. I've been looking forward to this uh, session for a while, and I've come, and I have my See? blue Highland goat skin. <laughs> come on, somebody. Wide margin Allen There Bible we go. Here. Mm -hmm. so we're going to have a good session. We're in. Yeah, hey, we're in. come we're on. In they the should be sponsoring this session. You better know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I felt confirmation in this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man. You um, you evangelized, what, eight or nine years? 
before yeah, I, becoming pastor there in Memphis? I did. I started uh, on the evangelistic field in 1996 as a, uh, I just turned 19. I was single and I traveled uh, for four years, single, met my wife in Idaho while on the evangelistic field. We got married shortly after uh, thereafter and uh, traveled together for five years. So a total of nine years okay. on the evangelist field. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, for those of our listeners who may not understand this and uh, realize this, which I doubt there are few that wouldn't already know this, but you have just recently moved into a brand new campus uh, last year. Was that? Yes. 2019? Yeah. Yeah. It was the culmination of a lot of years of uh, praying and working and giving. And we wow. have built, we broke ground at the end of 2017. And we had our first service on the first Sunday of 2019. Wow. So we're uh, just over a year and a half into it. That's incredible. Well, you um, definitely have got. Uh, the favor of God on what is happening in Memphis. And I've had the privilege of being through touring your building, um, being in service with you a few times. And so we, um, we really do appreciate you taking time to be with us today. I'm sure that, um, that's, that's not the purpose of this particular session, but I'm sure you could give us a podcast or two on the do's and don'ts of constructing a new facility yeah we could do a whole series on that one <laughs> yeah you better believe it <laughs> how many years ago was it um that we you hosted the king's table symposium yeah it was the king's table i just uh, dusted off uh, some notes from that session yeah. uh, a little bit ago and it was uh it was in september of 2016 okay Almost okay. four years ago. Wow. Well, I had the privilege of being there for that. That was a that was an incredible uh, experience. It really was. And um, it was there that I really first heard you begin breaking down uh, some of these biblical concepts as it relates to blessing. And that's why we wanted to have you come on Kingdom Speak today, and and just. Uh, give an opportunity for our listeners to hear you expound on that a little more. I really believe God's given you some revelation on that. So where, where, where did that start for you? Where did that, that desire start for you to get a better understanding of that? Well, that's a great question. I, I think for me, it traces back to my childhood. I was, uh, was born into a, a great family, had a, uh, great mom and dad, but we lived in West Virginia uh, is where, where I grew up as a child. And it was a part of the country uh, that was and continues to be known to this day as an area of extreme poverty. Okay. And, but I wasn't just in West Virginia. I was out in the country, out in the hollers. <laughs> Yeah, way out of West Virginia. It was so the uh, suburbs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> suburbs. And uh, so it was. It was literally common uh, back in in my childhood for some of the neighbors to uh, 
not have running water, didn't have indoor plumbing, uh, live largely similar to how people would have lived back at the turn of the century. And uh, the churches that I went to as, as a young child were typically like one-room churches. They were very, very primitive, very small. And by and large, the majority, in fact, it wasn't just the majority, the entirety of the congregation, uh, they were poor people, uh, not, not even middle class in most situations. And uh, I was the oldest of eight kids, and so uh, my dad was the sole breadwinner of the house, and we always had what we needed, but we grew up in poverty, extreme sure. poverty. We, we didn't do government assistance. Uh, we, we made do with, uh, with the income that dad brought in. And so growing up, it was, it was unheard of for someone in the church to get a new car. I still remember uh, when I was a young teenager, a family in the church got a newer used minivan And horror of horrors, they went in debt to do it. And it was scandalous. It was talked about. It was whispered around the church how Mm. uh, this was a, it was a symbol of pride. Extravagance. It it was extravagance. It was just, it was just unbelievable. So I grew up with poverty and, and poverty framed the way I viewed the world to a large extent. Wow. That's quite, that's quite a statement right there. So really... Poverty is almost a way of thinking before it's a reality then. Mm. It, it is. And, and then what happens is people start spiritualizing poverty. And that's what yeah. poverty, wow. poverty was preached over the pulpit. You know, God's people were poor. The apostles were poor. The Son of Man had not where to lay his head. And Peter and John at the temple said, silver and gold, have I none? And so a lot of scriptures were uh, pulled out of context and used uh, to justify poverty and never at any point where it was anyone ever challenged to get an education, to get a better job or to be better stewards or to do anything to break it. Sure. It's let's accept it. Let's spiritualize it. And let's wear our poverty on our sleeve as a badge of honor and a badge of our spirituality. Yeah. So that was, there was a lot of that in the church contexts in which I grew up and, and when that changed for me is uh, is when I when I became of age, I moved to Little Rock and got under the ministry of Bishop Holmes. And he was the first person that I'd heard preach the theology of blessing. And he talked a lot about the blessings of God, getting in the flow of blessing. Mm. And I can remember on many occasions the first few months of being under his leadership, sitting on the pew and mentally resisting what uh, he preached about. And sure. because, because it's not supposed to be that way. God's people aren't supposed to be blessed. And, and if somebody is wealthy, there's got to be something wrong with that person because doesn't the Bible say that wealth is bad? Doesn't right. the Bible right. say that right. if you're wealthy, you'll be lost? And, well, and the rich man is always used. I said I shouldn't say always, but the rich man was used a few times uh, in a very negative connotation. Indeed, he was. So you don't yeah. want to be a rich guy, right? 
And right. godliness with contentment is great gain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then those become excuses, really, for poor yes. stewardship. Yes. Etc. Yes. Very, very much so. And, and many times scriptures uh, like that are selectively lifted from the overall narrative of the Bible. Mm. So it was Bishop Holmes that really started readjusting that outlook. Yes. Did you say yeah. Bishop Olstein? <laughs> no, not Bishop Olstein. Your audio is breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was uh it was a mental adjustment. Then I can think of uh, two in this same time period. I was I was about 20 years old at this point. Then I went for two years in a row. I went to what was the then the PSR conference in Fresno, California. It's since yeah. become West Coast. And there were two messages preached uh, in subsequent years that literally rocked my world. And in these two moments, it was like scales hmm. fell from my eyes. Hmm. And it put me on a trail theologically in the scripture and in life that I'm still on 20 some years later. Uh, first of all, uh, Randy Keyes preached a message about pursuing the blessing. And it was a tremendous faith uh, building message about, about the blessings of God. And it was eye opening. And then the year after that, or maybe it was the year before, uh, Bishop Nathaniel Wilson preached a message that he entitled breaking your resistance to the blessing. And with what brother Holmes was demonstrating in real life and with the blessing atmosphere that was in the church there. And with those two messages, I started to see it in the word of God. And over the years, as I read through the Bible, the, passages in the Bible that reaffirm the blessings of God and how God wants our life to be blessed. They leap out from nearly every page I read. It's kind of like you never knew there was a yellow Volkswagen bug in the world <laughs> until you, till you buy a yellow Volkswagen bug. And you see bug. it everywhere. Yeah, then everywhere <laughs> you go, bug. there's yellow Volkswagens. That's it's like right. that when you start seeing the blessings of God in the Bible, it's all through the Bible. For sure. For sure. It's a great analogy. Yeah. You know, I had that discussion just recently with with someone in a Bible study about the oneness. I mean, it's a yeah. oneness book. Once, right. once your eyes are open to it, you see it from Genesis to Revelation. That's right. It's all it's it's all through the Bible. Yeah. So, relying on on uh, my exposure to your teaching on this. It really is a cover-to-cover -cover topic. Yes. So you really do begin right at the beginning in Genesis. Yes. It, it is a common thread that starts there and runs the entirety, the full scope. Yes, all the way through the, to the millennial reign. Yes. So, so why, why, don't, why don't you talk a bit? Where, where, where does it really start off, I guess, in the garden? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So 
it's my opinion that all major doctrines in the Bible are presented in seed form in the first three chapters of Genesis. Yeah. And to truly understand the correct theology of any given thing, if it, if it, if it indeed is one of the subjects covered, we go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. How was it before sin came in and tainted the whole picture? Because if we, if we start in the sinful condition, we're going to start, with a tainted perspective. Yes. And so if we look at wealth and what the Bible has to say about wealth yes. and it's in the, under the curse, we're going to miss the ideal. So let's go back to the garden and let's look at some of the things that, that God did. So the f- first thing that we need to emphasize when we talk about the blessings of God, and this is a key point, and this is one of the things that distinguish what, the Bible teaches about blessings from what the charismatic world promotes in prosperity theology. Mm-hmm. Boy, and that, that's a, that is a key delineation, isn't it? Yeah, and we, we need to, in this conversation, we'll keep coming back Definitely. to that. Definitely, right. Yeah, we'll ask right. you about that later. Some of those sure. uh, distinctions. Yep. Right. But, but the Bible is all about mission, and it's all about dominion. Yes. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, Let me get there on my Allen Bible. Yeah, yeah. Chapter 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Right. And dominion in the Scripture was about taking something in its raw, uncultivated form and doing something with it. It was to... It mm-hmm. was to transform what was given you into something useful or productive. And so here we have God makes man, puts him in the Garden of Eden, and the garden had been planted by God. God planted a garden eastward in Eden. So the idea was this garden was a well-cultivated, well-ordered spot in the universe. And outside the garden the Bible refers to it as being a field. The implication is a wild, uncultivated place. The field had a lot of potential. There was a lot of good stuff in the field, but the field and the garden were two different things. The garden was a place of beauty, and it was a place that had been worked. So God creates man, puts him in the garden, and he says, I want you to have dominion over all the earth. So it's my conviction that had Adam and his wife not fallen into sin as they had children and as the human race would have grown, if they had continued in sinless perfection, eventually they would have started pushing the borders of the garden out. Absolutely. Till eventually the whole world would have been brought under the cultivation, under the dominion Absolutely. of the garden for the glory of God. Right, and this would have all been done for God's glory. And in fact, I think the uh, uh, the millennial reign, the earth that we see described in many places yeah. in the coming kingdom, is the earth that would have been. I agree, absolutely. Had Adam not fallen into sin, the new earth, right? That is the new earth. It's the restoration of all things, yes, and sir. so. So that's what, where God, outside of that, how can there be any improvement on that? If God repeatedly said at the conclusion of every one of those days of creation, it is good. 
That's right. Th this is the ideal. It was the ideal. This is it. So this is what I do is I go to Genesis and say, if let's look at Genesis before the fall and look at the ideal, because right. the ideal mm -hmm. tells me this is what God wants for me. Now I'm not there yet. Right. And you pray that none of us are. Right. We're we're aiming that direction mm -hmm. and we're not going to be there until Jesus comes and right. It's not fully it. attainable in this fallen condition. It is not fully attainable. But I, but I want whatever I can get. <laughs> we can have some increments of it. Absolutely. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. And so God gives Adam a mandate, go take dominion. And then the verse 28 says, and God blessed them. Now, uh, this is key. Yeah. Because when God blessed Adam, let's ask ourselves some questions here. All right. So in your mind, you picture the moment of creation. We picture God's celestial fingers reaching down and sculpting the clay, and we see the perfectly formed body of the first man. He breathes the breath of life. He's there. He doesn't have a name yet. Right. Adam has not been given a name. Right. But he is a living, sentient human being. He just got mated, made not mated, but he just got made. <laughs> he was right. mated yes. a little bit later. Um, Adam was made, and put yourself in his place. His ears are all of a sudden open, and he hears sound for the first moment. Mm -hmm. What was the first sound right. that Adam heard? Right. What was the first words that were heard by human ears? They were the words of Be a divine wow. blessing. Wow. God speaks out of heaven, and God blessed him. Adam didn't even have a name yet. It's almost like God said your name could wait, but the blessing can't wait. Wow. And so here's what I got wow. to looking at. Does the concept of having the blessing of God on your life give you something that you did not have prior to being blessed in the okay. moments of Adam's existence prior to the blessing was life different than the moments after the blessing. Yeah. I mean that, that as you are saying that I'm, I'm reading this, I mean, who We're, would not say that it would be a blessing to be in Eden, even if, even if the portion of, and God blessed them wasn't even there. Yes. Eden itself, without sweat, without, that's a blessing. That is what we would think, but God really took it above and beyond all of those other Edenic elements of paradise yes. and blessed him again. Yes. And so my theory on this is that the blessing of God put a little extra something Evidently, Adam's circumstance. Mm -hmm. Evidently, that was in addition to what he already had at creation. Otherwise, if we were to say the blessing of God didn't add anything to Adam, then it would have been in vain. What's the point of being blessed if the blessed doesn't do anything? Right. What's right. the point of getting a word of blessing from heaven if that word is meaningless? But God blessed him. He said, and so what did the blessing of God uh, say? It says, be fruitful and multiply. 
So right there we see from the outset that the blessing of God can bring many things, and, and there's many nuances to being blessed in the Bible. But common denominators of blessing is fruitfulness and multiplication. And we like wow. to try to dumb down the pushback to the message of blessing is to always try to redefine it into some unquantifiable, ethereal, spiritual state uh, to excuse the fact that we're not being fruitful or multiplying in some cases. Right. But when it comes down to it, when we're blessed, the evidence of walking in the blessing of God is fruitfulness and multiplication. Wow. Hmm. That's God's plan. Wow. wow. And that and that the, ties directly to the earth. I mean, he, he's yes. tied that direct. So, I mean, really, not that there's not a spiritual counterpart to the blessing, but he definitely tied it to the earth. Fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. That's a natural. Yes. That's a natural element that he's wanting multiplied. Yes. That's strong. Well, and, and God put him there, but keep in mind the blessing, and here's here's the key to all this, this entire discussion that comes down to this thing. The blessing of God was not the primary focus here. The primary was Adam's mission to take dominion. Hmm. Yes. The blessing only came after the mandate. Yes. And yes. so God says, I want you to take dominion, but the means by which dominion would be acquired was he had to be blessed. Right. He couldn't subdue the world by himself. He had to have a wife and kids and grandkids, and there had to be fruitfulness and multiplication. So that became the blessing became the medium. The blessing is the medium by right. which the mission is done. And that's that's a key difference between what the Bible teaches about prosperity and what Olstein and uh or as one fellow says in our church calls him Fraudstein. Fraudstein. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you have you have you have all these prosperity preachers on TV and they're writing books about prosperity, but here's the big difference. It's the core difference between Bible prosperity and charismatic prosperity doctrine is they focus on wealth for wealth's sake. For them, the wealth right. is the primary destination. Right. It's all about Bentleys and Ferraris and, and, and big mansions and jet airplanes. That is the goal. When they talk about blessing, blessing is a means to acquire a big, inflated bunch of material stuff. That's not Bible blessing. That's greed and that goes very much against everything the Bible teaches. Mm, right. For us, our goal is the mission. Now, we're not doing the exact same thing that Adam is doing in the garden because we're not all out trying to farm and conquer uncultivated fields in a natural sense. But I believe in the New Testament, we're given a new dominion mandate says that go into all the world mm, right. and preach the gospel. Right, disciples. That's that fruitfulness. That's taking dominion. Every time we take the Acts two thirty eight message into a home that doesn't know the truth, and we plant that apostolic flag, we take it into a new community, a new demographic. We send a missionary out 
we're going into wild, uncultivated fields that are loaded with potential, but that potential doesn't become fruit until we take the gospel message and we bring people to conversion. And so that is our dominion mandate. Our, our great commission is, is what we go out there to. We're, we're reaching the world. That's right. what we're called to do. And who, whoever, like, whoever hasn't been involved with that may not fully appreciate the degree of blessing needed to accomplish that. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so in order for us to fulfill the, the evangelistic mandate, it takes resources and it takes blessing mm-hmm. right. to do that. Right. But boy, the end, the end product sure does improve the world around us, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Wow. Wow. That's, that's strong. So the blessing is the medium. Yes. That we use to accomplish the mission. That's right. So and, how much uh, can you get done... Sorry to interrupt right there. I just want to ask this before we moved on. How much can you get done without the blessing? So, because Adam was a living soul. How much of the mission? Yeah, he he existed. But yeah, God said, okay, now I'm going to bless you and you're going to go do stuff. Like, so how many, how many Christians and Pentecostals do you see that never really get to the mission part? Because of a lack of yeah. the blessing. Right. Do you think we... At, at some point, if they never leave survival mode, it, it's pretty hard to be part of that internal thrust that propels mission. That's right. And just reality is the average Pentecostal does not walk in a whole lot of the blessings of God on, in the natural sense. Uh, we, That's we what I wanted make, to ask. Yeah, we can, we could, and, and we need to emphasize here that blessing is not just stuff. It's it, it's primarily spiritual. Mm-hmm. If you have the Holy Ghost, you're blessed. You may oh, eat I guess so. beans and spam out of a can every day, but if you got the Holy Ghost and you're going to heaven, you're blessed. Yeah. That's right. If you're just right with God and you're walking in holiness and righteousness and you have a good church, you don't have to have money in your bank to be blessed. You can have the anointing of God on your soul. You can have all that stuff Mm -hmm. and not have natural blessings. We understand that. And we don't in any way want to suggest that natural blessings are more important than the spiritual ones because they aren't. There's an order of priority. However, let's just be real about this. If we take all the natural blessing out of the equation, see how much longer you have a good church to go to. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. See how church feels when you come and they can't pay the electric bill and it's all dark and right. hot and cold, whatever the season right. may be. Can't change the carpet. Can't replace yeah. the strings on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And see, see, see how good your pastor is when you can't ever get a hold of him because he's out having to work uh, two and three extra jobs just to pay bills. And so he's not able to be accessible to the church people because there's no income. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. that's good stuff, bro. Right. Right. We don't talk about this stuff a lot, right? We don't talk no, about we, it enough. <laughs> we, we don't. And, and here's why. As Pentecostal people, let's, let's just be real about this. We, we've got an A-plus 
in our passion and our zeal and our commitment to the things of God. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to really digging out the theology behind the things that we believe, we we get a D minus in many cases. Um, we believe things without taking time to substantiate why we believe them, or in some cases why we don't believe them. Mm-hmm. And with our our reticence to jump into formal study of the Word of God, here's what happens: we get a we get into theological extremes that I like to refer to as either or. In other words, are you for it or are you against it? Do you believe it or do you not believe it? It's black and white. Which side are you on? Well, when it comes to the doctrine of uh, prosperity, even though we don't watch Creflo Dollar and T.D. Jakes and Benny Hinn and Joel Olstein, we're all familiar with these guys, and, and I'm sure there's probably a lists longer than my arm of people of the same uh, persuasion. They're they're the stereotypical TV preacher. They right. are right. they're the ones that are that are preaching things like and uh, Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Copeland with a couple names you can, and Oral Roberts. He's sure. gone and there's been a lot of these different people that basically present a doctrine like God wants you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. and wealthy. If you have enough faith, just name it, claim, claim it, it, right? blab it, and grab it. Yeah. And, and, and so there was a lot of things like speaking wealth and speaking that you're going to uh, the power of the spoken word. And it was all about if you want that new Cadillac in the driveway, name it and claim it. Right. You have faith and send a $100 seed offering. There you go. That's hey, got to be tough. You got to do that seed offering. Yeah. Because you got to pay for your jet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My jet's about to run out of fuel, and I, I need, to, need to do some work in the Bahamas this week. So, yeah. So, anyway, thinking people, people with even a cursory understanding of the Bible, you hear about that stuff and you say, that's garbage. Right. That, that's so far from the spirit of. Christ, and that's so far from how the apostles operated. And when prosperity theology gets hijacked by the charlatans and the false prophets, we see through that. Right. And so what's happened historically, Pentecostal leaders have seen that kind of theology, and they say, that's not Bible. Mm-hmm. We want no part of it. Let's not have anything to do with that prosperity theology because it is a damnable doctrine. And I agree with them. It is a damnable doctrine right? as presented by these, by these, uh, by these fraudsters. Right. But here's what happens is we allow our theological pendulum to swing the other way in our zeal and in our haste to say, we are not that we, we become. We're guilty of exchanging a gospel of prosperity with a gospel or a theology of poverty. Right. Mm. So now we're we're wanting to embrace the idea that the work of God and living for God ideally 
will be beset by hardship and, and that the harder it is and the poorer we are, the mm. more spiritual we are and the more like Jesus we are. But I would propose that somewhere in the middle is where we're going to find the Bible, the Bible truth. Yeah. And the nutshell of blessing theology is this, is God has a mission for his people, and that's mm. to reach the world with the gospel. And the blessings of God that come in both spiritual and natural form are essential to achieving that mission. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go reach the world, you're going to have to be anointed. You're going to have to have the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to have spiritual revelation of the Word of God. These are spiritual blessings. We can't do it without it. We can't have church without anointing, without Holy Ghost, without revelation. We can't do that. Right. But as Pentecostals, we believe that. We preach the anointing, the Holy Ghost. We, We got that part. We're comfortable with blessings as long as they are limited to spiritual blessings. Sure. Right. Right. But what I want to propose today is that being blessed by God extends beyond just the spiritual, and it also includes a measure of natural blessings that are essential to further the mission. And that's where, as we as Pentecostals, we get hung up many times. You know, um, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, and I'm just going to throw it in real quick because it's just resonating with with what you're presenting here. But we all have our we all have our our principles that we like to cherry pick, yeah, out of scripture. And if if we're not careful, we really become extremist in our own right. We do the over emphasis of any one otherwise productive principle if it is misapplied is really it 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 fosters an an extremist view so it really has to be there has to be balance you've got to it's line upon line precept upon precept so in order for there to be productivity you every principle has got to be married to another one Mm. Yes. in order to truly be productive and fruitful in a sustainable fashion. Yes, I agree. So I, I've used this before, and man, as you're talking about this, with the natural and the spiritual, it even fits with a financial outlook. You know, well, I pay my tithes. How come I'm not blessed? But yet you've got to marry that with being a good steward. That's right. To balance that out. You can't tithe your way out of poor stewardship. No. And expect to be blessed. That's mm. right. So really what you're talking about is is so when you said somewhere in the middle that pendulum lands and we find the word of God. Boy, ba- balance is really where it's at. That harmony mm. of those both extremes. Yes, I agree. It's a place that that's where the place of blessing really is. I agree. So maybe we should stop right here and come back with another episode before we get into... I think that's an extremist view. Let's veto that and keep going. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Send us some seed money and we'll keep going. Oh, come on.
So you don't want to go anywhere because we're going to come right back with Pastor Caleb Adams for a second episode talking, and we have some hard-hitting questions to ask him coming up. So stay tuned, and thank you again for joining us on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. <music> 